Welcome to the Soldiers of Hell podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Spence. We're suffering from a freak strain of the Millennium Ball where everything we do seems to send us back to 1999 or earlier. Join us each month as we recruit a mentor with the right skills to send us back to the future. We'll choose two pop culture icons and by the end of each episode we'll learn whose retro talents are as relevant today as they were in the 20th century. Only then will they have what it takes to be declared a soldier of hell. And in turn, we will become thoroughly modern gentlemen. Fire up your mini-discs and listen now. Welcome to a new series of The Soldiers of Hell. Welcome indeed. Wow, that's a can. (laughs) That glassy filling up. (laughs) Now I'm having a wee. (laughs) A nice bubbly wee. Cheers. This is nice. This is a nice glass of... Costello juice. <laughs> Other beers are available. So, uh, yeah, it's a new series, new format. New start. Pretty much the same guys. Pretty much the same chat, if we're honest. <laughs> Repackaged. We've been threatening for a long time to choose two people for each episode that are going to be our Soldiers of Hell of the Month, if you like. Okay. So, we're going to choose two fictional characters that we admire for whatever reason. Um, they're not necessarily going to be from the same show or book or film, but um, they're going to be characters that that we've um, kind of liked from pre-1999 or pre-2000, should I say, like early period of our life. Late 20th century. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> characters that are from yesteryear, to you millennials will feel like a bygone era. Generation Z, as you are, I think. Is that so right? You, no, is that what people are now? I saw it in a headline the other day on the BBC. Is that um, what our kids are? I think so. I think they're Generation Z. Where um, do you go from there, though? Like, alphabet-wise. Generation AA. Hang on. So does it go Generation X, which is what we are on the cusp of? I think we're Generation X, yeah. Well, we're too old to be Generation X. I think we're on the cusp. I think 1980 is, like, the borderline. And then it's millennials, even though, like, you know... Well, I thought there was a generation Y. Why is that? Because it's the generation. It's <laughs> after X. Well, hang on, then. When's millennials come in? I think millennials are born after 1990. Okay. I think I think the definition... When's generation Y, then? What, 80 to 90? Well, a generation's yeah. more than a decade. I don't know. Why don't you write in on paper... If you can find it between your avocado toast, send it on some parchment to the geezers. Send it on papyrus because you're that hipster. By carrier pigeon. Let us know what is correct. Or we could just uh, look it up on the internet. That's cheating. Yeah. We can't do that because, I don't know about you, but when I went to university, didn't have an email address. I think I had one. Did you? But I didn't know how to use it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember... I couldn't have a signal. I remember turning to someone in the computer room saying, what's a good search engine? Because <laughs> there were so many choices. AltaVista. And they they said, um, Google. It's new newfangled thing called Google. And those who went, search engine? Yeah. So as you can tell, we're pretty retro, but pretty fly guys at the same time. For what, guys? Absolutely. We're going to choose two heroes from pre-Millennium Bug era, and then we're going to discuss whether they're capable of being heroes in the 21st century. 
and whether they're going to teach us anything. Is there anything we can learn from these guys? Okay. Or women. All women, yeah. It doesn't have to be gender specific. So where do you want to start? Who's your hero of choice? Right. First one is going to have to be the first hero I can remember having as a kid. Go on then. It's got to be He-Man. 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 As a young, impressionable young man, there was nothing more wholesome than seeing a blonde-haired, tanned guy who clearly works out thrusting his furry pouch at me (laughs) after school. And then chuckling about the morals. (laughs) Chuckling about the morals of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's bad to do drugs here, man, but it's fine to prance around in your underwear all day. (laughs) So it's going to happen. I think that's the logical starting point for me. First hero, first episode, He-Man. Right, I've got to choose one now. I think the first hero I'm going to choose, and I'm going to choose this because it's not only accurate, but it's also related, is Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I can see where this is heading. Yeah. (laughs) He's got his pants on the outside of his tights. One, why are you wearing tights? Two, why are you wearing your pants on the outside? It's an obvious cliche, but it's still a question that needs to be asked in this there's never, there's never been a satisfactory answer to yeah. why Superman wore his pants on the outside. And there's all these people who say, oh, it wasn't his pants, it was just the colour of his ties. Like, no, there was a ridge. It was a change of material, a change, <laughs> of, layer- a ridge. A change of layering. <laughs> they were pants. There's double elastic. That is a secondary undergarment on the outside, therefore being an outer garment. So, what can He-Man teach me as a man living in the modern world? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think he taught us a lot as kids growing up. I I'd like to know what all those lessons at the end of every episode had a moral, didn't it? Pretty much. Hey, kids, don't push your neighbours into the road. <laughs> I think the the main lesson I've taken away from He-Man is it's okay to have a dual life and not let the people closest to you know the full ins and outs of what you do. and that's what I tell my second family every day (laughs) Um, I don't know I think like you say He-Man has a a strong moral compass but perhaps one that's too strict to apply to the modern world the problem with He-Man is maybe that he's too black and white this is right this is wrong hey kids don't defraud your gran don't steal her credit card and pretend that it's all right to buy lots of protein shakes <laughs> using her pension. Don't get a basin cut with your blonde hair. Tanning booths are okay. <laughs> he's got, yeah, he's got a strong moral code, but life isn't as black and white as maybe He-Man would have you think. It's, it's a little bit more shades of grey, isn't it? The degrees of things. How many? 50? Less. Seven. Okay. Seven shades of grey. Seven shades of right and wrong. It's a prequel. Obviously, there are benefits to He-Man. Strength. Physical strength is an attribute. You can't get around that. And that's something that he could not necessarily teach us, but exemplifies in many ways. I thought brain beat brawn. At least that's what I was told at school. You've clearly never fought a disembodied brain, then. (laughs) Robocop 2? I can't remember Robocop 2. Disembodied brain. Put in a glass jar. Oh, and it had a spine and eyes as well. (laughs) <laughs> and then that, that created a baddie Robocop. <laughs> How did the eyes connect to the brain without... Or I think the... it had connective tissue, maybe. Right, OK. I've got a strong recollection of 
Robocop 2. <laughs> the only reason why I remember it, it was the film we watched after the first Eurovision I ever watched with you. The Eurovision where we threw tins of beer at the telly in the kitchen. Yes, it was 2000. Yes, it was 2000. Olsen We're allowed Bro- to talk about Olsen Brothers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Olsen, yeah. Um, Nicky French. In retrospect, a fair standard above some of the winners we've had <laughs> in recent years. Absolutely. Back then, I was horrified. But Robocop 2 still stands I'm, out. <laughs> what do you think we can learn from Superman, then? Superman, um... Lie to your loved ones, again. Yeah, have an alter ego. If you're going to do good deeds, do them not as yourself. Do them as a pretend person. And if you're going to be a twat, do it as yourself. A little bit of Elvis juice there, coming out. Elvis gas. Was that your alter ego that did that? Yeah. Yeah, not your real. Hang on. No, your alter ego's meant to be a good person. In Kill Bill 2, there's a great big speech uh, about the fact that the difference between Superman and Batman is the fact that... They have different mother's names. <laughs> yes. Surnames. Oh, no. Surnames. So most superheroes, kind of their alter ego is their superhero. Whereas Superman, his alter ego is Clark Kent, his human counterpart. I was explaining this to my kids and immediately my wife said, Are you forgetting Wonder Woman? I thought, yeah, terrible. One, equally iconic to Superman. Two, exactly the same as Superman. Diana Prince is her alter ego, not her normal way of being. And I'm sort of mansplaining to my children, my daughters, that this is this is Superman's kind of thing. And it's not because there's Wonder Woman as well. And Aquaman. Pretty much every superhero. (laughs) Tarantino had it fully wrong. And I was using Tarantino as my yardstick. I think there's even a line in Kill Bill Part 2 where David Carradine says, Superman is unique among superheroes. Yeah. No, you're not. Um, I like how you called him David Carradine and not Bill. Yeah, it's too informal. Kill Kill David Carradine. No, don't. Well, I think he's already dead. He is dead, actually, yeah. So, bringing He-Man and Superman together, DC have actually done a He-Man versus... Well, He-Man versus Injustice Gods. Injustice Gods Among Us is the alternate timeline story where Superman... Is a baddie. Is a baddie and becomes a dictator of Earth. Having been tricked into killing Lois Lane, who is pregnant at the time, by the Joker. That's how it starts. So convoluted. He, the Joker, tricks Superman into thinking that Lois Lane is Darkseid. Okay. Or or one of Darkseid's agents in disguise. Master of disguise. Lois Lane, Darkseid in disguise. (laughs) (laughs) So he kills her in the obvious way of flying her up out of the atmosphere and depriving her of oxygen. (laughs) It's the the only way. Especially when you've got... When you've got super strength, heat, vision and freezing breath. Yeah, I'll just... I'll say the most long-winded way. Yeah, in Superman 4, A Quest for Peace, when he flies the um, other media mogul up into space, she's fine. She didn't die at all. Just breathe in a vacuum. (laughs) So he, he kills her and he finds out and he walks back into the room where the Joker is with Batman. Right. And right in front of Batman, he just 
punches the Joker's heart straight out of his chest and puts his arm through him. Why didn't the rest of him go with it? I'm not sure force works that way. When I did my mechanics um, module of my maths A-level, I'm pretty convinced that if I pushed an entire body, yeah, unless the pressure was was that great... I think it is, it's that great. It's Superman's punch. It goes like, it's like bang, straight through. Like a pin going through a piece of paper. Could that happen? It, Surely it would still No, because like, it's Superman. I don't think we need to... <laughs> I think <laughs> I think yeah. debating the oh. finer points of actual physics. Is that question nine? Is that moved. why I didn't get full marks? Yeah. 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 Okay. A, B, or C. If Superman punched the Joker in the chest, would he A, smash his heart straight out of his chest? I think he basically puts his arm through him. And there's a little bit of, as he's doing it, Batman is in the background sort of going, Oh my God, this is gross. He's <laughs> 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 trying to hold his git in his mouth. So, anyway. That's the, that's the starting point of Injustice. So, I'm guessing... The comic, He-Man versus Injustice. Is at some point, Superman infringes upon Eternia. Superman rocks up. Apparently, they've still got a son in that galaxy that is... The, the correct type of son to give him super strength. Yeah. And then, uh, He-Man's it out. <laughs> He-Man's strong... But in a kind of a Charles Atlas kind of strength <laughs> way. Like not, in a sort of handlebar moustache kind of way. Yeah. Not not in a not in a I can pick up a planet kind of way. I can pick up a boulder that's as big as a house, but I can't I can't pick up a moon I, I know that's as big as a moon. I know what you're saying, but in the promotional material, it does say I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Oh, shit. Yeah, until Superman was born. Superman was born... Until he met him. I mean, we could all claim this. Like, I've never tested it. Like, you could be the most powerful man in the universe. We've not actually done any kind of clinical test. Let's get the Guinness people round. Yeah. Hey, Norris. And, and, you fancy and, popping round? And if, uh, if we're being specific as well, power isn't the same as strength, is it? No. Scientifically speaking? No, it's not. I don't, know, I don't know the exact ins and outs of it, but I've got a vague recollection of a physics teacher at school talking about, like, digging out a driveway, for some reason, was his example. You get someone who's really strong, comes round, and does a great big shovel, and, like, shovels one huge shovel of modern dirt into the skip. But after that, he's knackered. But he was strong enough to do one really big one. Whereas he would be able to do a relatively small-sized one, but be able to repeat it for a longer period of time. That's power. The other is strength. That's the example he gave. I don't know the full mechanics of how it fits into physics. So, He-Man's power and Superman's strength. So, He-Man could do lots of little punches for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Mini-punch. Whereas He-Man would land one great big haymaker... And take your game heart, over. Heart through. Push your heart out. Push your heart out. Which is a eighties power ballad waiting to happen. Hey He Man, you look like you could do some kind of cock rock. Do you want to write a song about a heart being punched out of your chest? I think Superman his cape lends itself nicely to sort of eighties stadium rock. I think He Man's hair and like fluffy pants do though. 
the one thing I've always wondered about He-Man is he's got the weird sort of X-shaped armour that goes over his arms and, and round his back. Yeah. Why? No, it's an X. <laughs> no, Generation Y. Is that a real or thing? X? No, it's like, I don't... Wh- why has he got that on when the rest of him is basically naked? Is it a peck holster? A <laughs> peck holster. Is that a fancy way of saying a bra? <laughs> yeah. A man, a man bra. Oh, no. No, I haven't got moves. This is my peck holster. <laughs> he man bra. A man bra. Isn't that a gr- an Egyptian god? Imambra. Imambra. <laughs> I don't know. Might be. The baddie from Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a different story for another day. Yes. I never really got into Thundercats. I enjoyed it. it was, I mean, it was there, but I think I could probably count on one and the amount of episodes I watched. Right. Now, I think what you're mixing up is that every time Mumra changed, it was the same clip. Therefore, you think you watch the same episode, but it's a different episode each time. What did Mumra change into? A big Mumra. <laughs> it was a mummy thing that became a big monster. I vaguely remember it. I never read last day. I never really watched I am Mumra, and when I flex my mystical muscles, <laughs> I become a big, tall monster to scare When I flex my peck holster. <laughs> That's his bandages. No, he wasn't a mummy, he was just wearing a body holster. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Today, body holster. Tomorrow, peck holster. Send us £10 deposit. <laughs> you too could have peck like Not that the edge needs it. It's time for an evaluation. Can we put a retro skill in our armory this month? Let's decide now. In the modern era, what can we learn from our pre-millennium heroes? He-Man, it's all right to be yourself. We're, In fact, both We're not them. learning that from him. We're telling him it's okay to be yourself. Yeah, I know, but he's sort of... You're holding up a mirror and going, be yourself. You don't need dual identity. You're strong enough without right. it. Right, this is the difference between the two. Adam, yes, he has to change into He-Man. Yes. There is a physical change that happens, isn't there? Yeah. He's not the most powerful man in the universe... When he's Prince Adam, he has to hold the sword and transform into He-Man. Yeah. And then he acquires his powers and his strength. Whereas Superman, Superman or Clark Kent, he's still as strong regardless. He doesn't have to change into Superman. No. It's just a clothing change. There's no physical change he has to go through. So you can understand He-Man having a dual identity. Because... Because he literally has because a if, Yeah, because if he pretended to be Mr. Super Strong when he was Adam, he's not. Even though his muscles would look suggest. objectively the same. Yeah. How can Superman have big muscles? Because if he's naturally strong, it's like picking up a boulder is like picking up a pencil to us. How does he actually gain muscle strength? Because he doesn't have to exercise... In order to build... It's not, the, it's not the muscles that give him the strength, it's the radiation from the sun. Exactly. So why has he got big muscles? Vein. Why has he got big veins? <laughs> big muscles to fill. Right. With big blood. Okay. <laughs> what can we learn from this? Be yourself. Be yourself as long as you're an alien fed by radiation from our sun. Okay. If not, probably don't. <laughs> that is a terrible life lesson. 
this could be I'm not saying it's the most practical one to apply. No. Be yourself at all times. Don't worry about what other people think. No matter how strong you are. No matter what your pants look like. No matter how many protein shakes you need or don't need. Feel that shirt, whatever size shirt it is. What if you buy a large and you're full? You buy a large and you Well, okay. Fill the right size shirt for your body, regardless of what body size you are. And be comfortable with that body size. Yes. Within acceptable and appropriate health considerations. And if you feel that a larger shirt would suit your body frame, that's fine too. As long as you're happy in that body shape. If you're not, change it. If you can and want to. Not because someone else... It's really easy to offend people these days. It's so complicated. You see, this is... Pre-1999. Pre-1999, you could just go, being fat is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Being He-Man is cool. Yeah. Being He-Man is cool, being fat is bad. That's not true. It's never been true. I don't necessarily endorse that point of view, but it's something you could say. We now know that obesity, not fatness, obesity, comes in a range of shapes and sizes and issues and reasons and causes within practical health considerations. Change it if you want. If not, you're fine. You're beautiful. But be Superman, because no one's asking you to change. Unless you can be Batman. (laughs) It wasn't a choice, <laughs> but maybe will be. But it's always. Time. It's like you don't have to say it. It's like it's like on every T-shirt you see when you go on holiday. There's always the slogan in there: "Be yourself." Unless you can be Batman, then be Batman. Yeah. So the moral is: if you're wearing frilly pants, just own it and be yourself. Awesome. See you next time. Soldiers of Hell is a Fosgate Studios production. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, comment, and share.